Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. The band is back together. I'm yes, Mr. Pinsky. Alongside me, Marshall Macaluso. And, yes, uh, alongside in spirit. Yes, well, oh, 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 over the phone. We're still being COVID conscious, I guess. Of course, um, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we, but you know what? There was a lot. I feel like we say this every week, but the, the world of sports uh, never fails to disappoint. It was another so hectic true. week of sports. In fact, last week, it, it was a damn shame that we weren't together for that podcast because literally right as, as soon as I finished releasing uh, my uh, ep- half of the episode, which you haven't listened to either of them, you, you probably should, but Marshall had a yeah. podcast, I had a podcast, and as soon as I finished it, we had the James Harden trade news. So I was like, oh, crap, i got to add a rant to that, and that was a clear knee-jerk reaction sort of rant where there wasn't a whole lot of thought going into it. So if you didn't listen to it, I recommend doing so, but it'll be a much more nuanced conversation Hopefully, once we talk yeah, about my, that. Yeah, uh, my, my dad listened to it. He goes, oh, dang, Mitch sure swears a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, uh, hopefully hopefully we'll keep it PG for the kids this time. Yeah. <laughs> Think sorry, of the children, Mitchell. Sorry, Mr. Macaluso. I was not of a same mind. I, you know what? I went to church, and uh, I, I apologize because it was not good. Between my gambling <laughs> addiction and cussing, it was getting out of control. So, I anyway... <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, let's go over the football uh, games. We'll start with the most recent ones. The one we had last night was the battle of the two old quarterbacks. I don't know how many times you heard that this week. Oh, they're both 40. It's the battle of the old men. The yeah, Buccaneers wow. Saints, round three. And you know what? This is one I, I was very happy with because it's this is another funny thing, too, when we did two separate podcasts. I just got done. We were talking. I was talking with Patrick. I'm like, you know what? It is hard to beat the same team three times in a season, and it's tough when you have Tom Brady on the one side. Tom Brady does not lose in the playoffs. And then I'm going through your podcast, listening to your picks, and you're like, all oh, these talking heads saying you can't beat them three <laughs> times in a season. Listen to these old man takes. I'm taking the Saints. Don't overthink it. So I thought that was kind of funny. This game... It, Man, we could have had some good discourse. That's too bad. <laughs> we could have. You know... It, we we can get into Drew Brees in a second. Tom Brady, first off, and like you know, everyone's he he's the greatest of all time. He, he keeps on winning. And what's funny with him is when you watch him, there's nothing that pops out on the screen that's like this guy's special. He doesn't have like the mobility of a Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have the arm strength of a Patrick Mahomes. Like the, you watch him, there's nothing. Even when he's like in his New England days, it's like yeah. there's nothing special that pops off the screen. Where like if you just if I dropped you in a random if I took your girlfriend for example and you you sat her down and watched a random Patriots game, you didn't know who any of these people were. You yeah. would at the end of it, it probably wouldn't be like, oh, that's the best quarterback that ever yeah, played. No, that's, like, that's what? very true. That's very true. But what makes Tom Brady so good, and I think it was fully an example of this game, he just knows how to win. And that's what makes him special. He doesn't have the same arm talent, but he knows how to win. This is a game where they were outmatched, quite frankly. I think they had the, the Saints have a better team. You're on the road. Uh the the weapons really weren't getting growing. Gronk couldn't get any separation. Antonio Brown was banged up. But he found a way to win games. He took care of the football. He made some throws when he had to. And that's that, that just shows he knows how to win. And it, what really impressed me, too, is if you look at the counterpart in New England, they had seven wins this year. And it was basically the same roster. And last year, he took that roster to a playoff game. So it really is impressive. I think he, right now he's, quote-unquote, winning the, the the breakup. But, yeah, what, what were your thoughts watching watching this game? Yeah, I mean, you know, we were texting about it a bunch Um I don't know. I, oh, uh, I don't know. I'm conflicted. First of all, I just want to say that I looked it up, and out of the last 21 times a team has faced, it's been like you know two and zero, and they're facing again for the third time. Two teams, 14 out of the last 21, they've gone. The team that has won two has won three. So I was not wrong there. I will agree though that you know Tom Brady facing a team third third time, um, yeah, it's difficult, and also. Man, Drew Brees was so bad. That was crazy. He was so bad. I mean, it was like when you're th- when you're telling yourself in a playoff game to go to the NFC Championship, maybe they should bring in Jameis Winston instead of their future Hall of Fame quarterback. Something is going terribly wrong because he was just and I'm like, you know, let's say he throws zero picks, right? There was not a single moment in this game besides the play with Jameis Winston throwing that touchdown where this offense looked anything close to like explosive, dynamic, dangerous. I mean, this was a bad offense. Um, and 
you know, I think I give a lot of props to the Bucks defense. I think they stepped up a ton. This is the first time in Michael Thomas's career ever that he has been held to zero catches. I mean, he was totally neutralized um, by Carlton Davis, the Bucks corner. Uh, you know, they, they played the run well. Uh, the Saints got that one trick play, but other than that, their offense looked just atrocious. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Tom Brady, did he have an amazing game? Not really. He just did what he needed to do. Got the job done. Um, you know, Drew Brees, man, good decision to hang up the cleats because it's gotten, it's gotten sad. And, and like, I like Drew Brees. I've always liked Drew Brees. He's a great guy. Um, even if he doesn't like people standing for the anthem, um, or kneeling for the anthem, but no, I, I really like him. And it was just, it was, he went out sad. He went out very, very sad. Um, and that was unfortunate, but you know, it happens. Uh, my theory why the Saints look so one-dimensional is they didn't have the best player in football playing. Taysom Hill's in that game, completely different. Now, joking aside, <laughs> <laughs> joking aside from the best player of the NFL thing, like I actually do think like Taysom Hill not being there like kind of hurt this offense because it was very one-dimensional. The Bucks did a yeah. great job stopping the run. That white stud like flying all there wasn't a play that went by where you didn't see 45 in your picture Um, and then obviously had the fumble and the interception but that was a story of like all these games i mean if you look the second time they played it's the saints won the turnover battle they won the game and this one uh especially once tom brady tom brady didn't turn the ball over drew Brees did and when you know, you have a guy that's not able to throw it down the field, and we've been saying this for a while that like his arm looks shot. That it makes it makes it yes, a lot it was, easier it, to defend, especially you know, there's no shred. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that there was the Camaro one, which was like it looked kind of like a miscommunication. But dude, that football looked like a beach ball out there. That was like a a soft toss. It, like that was yeah, horrible. It definitely. It was like, dude, come on, man. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Bucks definitely, their defense has been like an enigma this year because you're like, because you look at last year and it's like, oh, they're not going to be very good. They weren't even that great last year. They started this year really hot. Shaq Barrett playing well. And then they have a stre- span of the middle of the season where they weren't that good. And I mean, they, they gave up like the 40 some points to the Saints. And then they got hot. And now they're even hotter. So, you know, this defense, uh, this defense is, is going to be good um, and going to give Green Bay a test next week. Uh, the offense, on the other hand, it's very interesting, and we'll, we'll get to this later when we pick our next week game. Um, but you've got the, all the four teams left in the playoffs are the pass-happy ones. They mm-hmm. throw the ball more, way more than anyone else in the league. And if you look at all these teams, besides the Packers and Aaron Jones, none of them have a very good running attack, like at all. I think the I, I think the Buccaneers have a decent one. I you know Ronald I, Jones really and Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette stock, but Ronald Jones Jr. is pretty good. A lot of people say that about Leonard Fournette, and like Patrick was saying the same thing. He's like, I don't, I don't trust Leonard Fournette. I thought these two playoff games, especially with this one, I thought he looked really good. I think he ran the ball really well, uh, and that was that was another difference. Is like this game, the Buccaneers were able to run the ball against the Saints. With the previous two, they really kind of abandoned it early. I think they had five yeah. rushing attempts. Their second game against him. So I, I think Leonard Fournette, you know, has he been the running back that the Bucks thought they were going to get when they signed him? No, but I think he's starting to round into form. I thought he I thought he carried it really nicely, and he, you saw what he could do out of the backfield. He caught a touchdown. So I think, you know, yeah. I thought he had a nice nice performance there. Side note, John Lester just signed with the Washington Nationals. One-year deal. So, really? Yes. The, uh, uh, the era's closing. In the, back together. Yeah. I, that's, that's, that's fun. Good for them. Yeah, I mean... That was the one thing. That was the one thing I was reading is that like, oh, you trade you, Darvish, you have all the salary cap. Might as well sign John Lester again, which I would have liked, but you know, I think I'm sure he doesn't want to tank for draft picks. Yeah, their direction has become kind of clear what they're doing now. There's a lot of question marks there. Anyway, moving on with the uh, football, we'll go Browns Chiefs next. And this game was so frustrating for me because this was a game, and I like Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski is probably going to win Coach of the Year, and it's well deserved. I mean, you saw it mm-hmm. their first game against the Steelers; he was out, and it just showed the culture that they didn't miss a beat. That like they, he had that team prepared. Uh, they knew what they were doing. Even his decision, because like I know they said the special teams coach was going to act as like that the head coach for that game. And it was kind of like the yeah. special teams coach. That's kind of confusing. He's like, well, no, he'd have the least to do in game. So he's not having to worry about the offense or defense. He can just focus on doing the coaching decision. So I thought that was smart too. But this game, 
clearly outcoached. He was outclassed by Andy Reid. Yeah. And what pisses me off, too, and I've been saying this the whole game, why aren't you running it with Nick Chubb? Because the only way you can beat this Chiefs team, especially when Patrick Mahomes was on a tear, because he did not miss a beat. He came back after three yeah. weeks' absence, and he's just firing it all over the field. But you got to play keep away and try to move, move, you know, keep the ball away, control possession, wear out that Chiefs, def- or Chiefs defense. They didn't run it with Nick Chubb at all. And then they came out in the second half, and they start- finally started to run it a little bit better. And I think on 11 carries, he had around 70 yards. Like, if you would have been running it earlier and establishing a run, that game could have been completely different. I think the decision to punt near the end, and I said yes. it going to happen. Yes. I don't care where you are on the field, and I don't care if Chad Henney is the quarterback. Like, that's still... I, th- I think the chances of picking up the first down are greater than you preventing the Chiefs from getting one first down. Because that, that's an offense that's tough to stop, and they kind of had their way with you the first first drive. So that that was frustrating on Stefanski's end. And then on Andy Reid's end, you saw his genius, obviously, going for it on the fourth down in inches there, mm-hmm. which everyone would say was shocking. I didn't think it was that oh, shocking yeah. of a decision. It was like, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the right play there, you know, go through the go for the throw yeah. instead of giving Baker the ball back automatically. Might as well try and end the game if you're going to give it back to him. But, uh, yeah, and then Chad Henney comes in middle of the third quarter, and you know, like that, he didn't look like he missed a beat either. The Chiefs were able to well, hang he on. Did so. throw that, he, throw, he did throw that punt of an interception. That um, one was bad, yeah. No, that, that was bad. <laughs> well, no, but I know on, on both points, I totally agree with you. The Browns had that really impressive third quarter, fourth quarter uh, Jarvis Landry touchdown, and like all of their plays were runs, mm-hmm. like all of it. And then they get the ball because I thought, like, I thought the like uh, the formula to beat the Chiefs is like pretty much there. You have to run the ball really well, control the clock, get a couple key stops, and you're there. I mean, a lot of teams have done it this year, um, and it's almost and you know, I mean, it's the Chiefs are so very good, obviously, but that that's the thing, and like. You know, Baker Mayfield did play well. I'll give him a lot of credit. He did. I think he did. Yes. You know, his stats weren't like, uh, you know, shocking, but he, he played really well. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it goes back to last week and we talked about how, uh, we texted about him. I'm sure we both said it in our individual podcast, but like Mike Rabel and Frank Reich had a lot of dumb decisions and especially Mike Rabel punting the ball away. It's exactly what happened here. And that's why like, I love Andy Reid and Matt LaFleur a lot, and it shows why those two guys are in their respective championship games and will probably face off in the Super Bowl because, like, they just go for it because they have faith in their offense. It's easy to have faith in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. But, like, just sometimes punting is not the answer. And there's a lot of times where it's really not the answer, uh, especially in these games. And like you said, you know, everyone was like, I mean, Tony Romo was busting a nut over a three, a <laughs> one yard out where it's like, dude, like, I, I, I don't care if it's Chad Henney. I don't care if it's freaking Mike Glennon. If you draw, if you have a good out of the box, unpredictable play on fourth and one, you have a really good chance of getting it. Now, if you just do a fullback dive up the middle, it might not happen. But, like, that was a really good play call where two guys go out, slot receiver, just does a little tiny out, gets the first down. That's all you got to do. It's not that difficult. And that's why, like, I I feel like coaches, like, they just, a lot of times, there's so many times when they just play themselves out of football games with just no faith in their offense and just punting the ball. Um, But, yeah, man, I I felt bad. And it was kind of like, you know, you're rooting for the underdog. And it was kind of like the, the, this might be a weird analogy, but it was like the Rockets when they lost to the Warriors and Kevin Durant got hurt. It was like their moment. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, like they, they didn't have a very good chance of, of winning. They put up a really good effort. You know, they had the missed field goals, or, or no, the, uh, the missed touchdown and that whole thing. But like it was their moment. Mahomes is hurt. It's destiny. Like yeah. you have to win. Oh, and it had that feeling. If they didn't pick up that first down and Baker got, it had that feeling. If Baker got another chance. Yeah, I feel like yes. he would have won the game. They they could have they because it, yes. it definitely felt like that. Although going to the, the, the same time, well, one going back to that fourth down play. It's amazing because, like, while, yes, it's a gutsy decision, he does the obvious thing. He makes a nice, easy. He puts his quarterback, obviously the backup there, and an easy. It was a high percentage look. To your best yes. player. Get the ball in the hands of your best player, and that's Tyreek Hill. Where, like, you have teams like the Bears and Matt Nagy who are going to overthink that and do a jet yes. sweep to yes. Tyreek or uh, uh, Cole Komet, 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like what? Do you, so like that that was that was an easy decision. High percentage look, great call there. But I mean, going back like in the Chiefs, not to take any away, not to take any away uh, from the Browns, but that game almost like. They were very fortunate. It was as close as it was near the yeah. end, which was a shame they yeah. couldn't take advantage, especially when Mahomes went down, because that game smelled like a blow, especially when Higgins fumbled at the goal line for the touchback, which by yes. the way, horrible rule. But horrible rule. They, they gotta change that. That game smelled blow. I, I had Browns plus ten in that one. Uh and they I was sweating it out, especially at halftime. Some this this team cannot stop the Chiefs. They are rolling. If they kick a field goal after that, if they they kick a field the, the Butker makes a couple more field goals, uh, then that could yeah. easily been a blowout and Mahomes doesn't get hurt. And then I think that's you you're looking at like a twenty point loss on that one. But um Unfortunately, that's not how it worked. It'll be interesting to see how uh, if Mahomes can come back next week because I was yes, reading about the concussion yes. protocol and it takes a while. And I will say we'll, we'll talk about Lamar in a little bit, but the it showed progress in the NFL. The fact that the two star players, and obviously you probably could say the two most exciting players in the in the playoffs this weekend were Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, the two MVPs of the past two seasons. And both of them went out with a concussion, and they did not return. I think in years past, you probably would have seen them come back. So it showed a lot of yes, progress in the NFL yes. with that headway where they didn't let those guys return to the game. But uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go Bills Ravens, and I know this was a frustrating one for us, uh, especially. Yes. Uh, but I knew we were in trouble as soon as NBC showed the Goodfellas uh, tribute for Bills Mafia. I'm like, oh. Damn, that was a really good intro. Yeah. There's no way the Bills are losing this now. They had Ray Liotta narrating. I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're in trouble. But, yeah, that was another front. The Lamar, it felt like we were done talking about the play. Oh, you can't win in the playoffs. He loses the big games. And that we thought we got rid of it when he won that uh, Titans game. And now it's all come back because he, not one of his better games. Well, I'll let you start on this one. What were your impressions of this game? Yeah, so uh, Lamar didn't look super comfortable throwing the football in this game. His stats weren't super great. But honestly, the biggest takeaway I had from this game is that whoever is drafting players for the Ravens needs to be fired. Because I was looking back, because I'm, you know, last time I'm trying to talk about the Ravens, and so I look up their playoff history, and I'm like, Willie Sneed has consistently been, like, their second best receiver the last Three years. The fact, and, and and you're looking at this roster, and besides J.K. Dobbins, there's like zero talent skill wise. I mean, Marquise Brown is okay. Hollywood Brown, he's like barely above average. They got Des Bryant, Willie Sneed. Now they do have Mark Andrews, top five tight end, like you said, and then they're going to the ball with Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, the fact that they, 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 I mean, they need to give Allen Robinson a blank check this offseason. Because, like, you know, regardless of if Lamar Jackson, you know, I, I don't think Lamar Jackson's either here nor there. I think he had a tough game. He moved the ball well, and they couldn't capitalize. They missed two field goals. out Very out of character for Justin Tucker. Um, but yeah, that, 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 and then on the Bills side, I mean, the Bills were the Bills. They played all right defense. I mean, this is just a super sloppy game. Honestly, neither of these teams came out looking like a dominant team. So, you know, it's going to be interesting watching the Bills against the Chiefs next week. Yeah, I feel, you feel almost feel bad for that Ravens defense. They held that high-octane offense to 10 points. You feel like you should win that one. But no, you made, yeah. that's an excellent point. And that's what I was going to say. For all the people bashing on Lamar, that it, like the track record doesn't look good. And they've consist, they're only averaging 17 points a game when he's been starting. But in the playoffs, you're playing better teams. The defenses are better. The coaching's a lot better. And who does he have? He has, like yeah. you said, besides Mark Andrews, and there's only so much you can throw to a tight end because, you know, they start matching up their best corner or something on him, then it makes it tough. The outside help isn't there. In the NFL, you need at least one, like, good playmaker on the outside. Like, look at all these teams. You can go down the list of all these teams in the playoffs. Bills, Stephon Diggs, Packers, Devontae Adams, Rams, you got Cooper Cup, and you got um, Woods. Robert both Woods, both yeah. very good. Browns, Jarvis Landry. Uh, and you got great tight, two good tight ends, and Njoku and Hooper. Uh, Chiefs, obviously, Tyreek Hill. I mean, I could go on Bucks, uh, uh, Evans, and Brown and Saints, you got you. You get the idea, Michael yeah, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. 
Ravens the only team on that list where you like name their star. It's like, well, Mark Andrews, I guess. Like yeah, that's not like, Yeah, he doesn't have a whole a whole lot of help there. It makes it it makes it a lot tougher. So I'll cut him a little bit of slack there. But uh that narrative is not going away because they've they've kind of underperformed in the postseason. Because I think they were a better team. I think they if you yeah. watch that game, they outplayed the Bills. You take away that one turnover and they would be have a completely different game. And then a couple missed field goals. And they still had a chance to win, even when the backup came in. After yeah, Bass yeah, that missed wide that open guy going, There yeah. was still a chance that if they would have converted, made that touchdown, I think they could have stopped the Bills and gotten the ball back. So it would have been interesting. So that's just a it's a shame that uh, their season had to end like that because I do think they were one of the better teams. But good for the Bills. They, could just, they just keep on marching. Finally, Packers-Rams. Boy, I was so impressed with Green Bay Packers, especially they their offensive unreal. line. You could miss David Bakhtiari goes down, and that was right before the Bears game. And I was like, okay, you know what? We have a chance. Best offensive lineman out. Rodgers ain't going to be sitting behind there. They dominated the line of scrimmage against a great defense, number one defense in the NFL. And they were pushing around. It looks like a sled drill out there in training camp half the time. Aaron Donald, <laughs> non-factor. And they ran the ball. You have Aaron Rodgers back there, and you know why they won this game? Because they established the run really early, and that made it once they – those first two drives – once they're like ripping off these like eight yard gains, I'm like, oh geez, this yeah. is gonna be a long day for the Rams. Dominated up front, so that was that was pretty darn uh, impressive on there. And Aaron Rodgers is gonna, you know, he's gonna be Aaron Rodgers. Um, interesting decision for the Rams, though. What are they gonna do with Jared Goff? Said that he played question. a horrible game, but and he had the thumb, so he battled. But you know, you look at him and it's just kind of like, eh. He's not overcoming yeah, like, anything. To, like we... when you. Yeah. Yeah. Are are we going anywhere with your? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Like you said with the Packers. I mean, this the Packers offense, and it shouldn't really be surprising if you like, you know, watch them during the regular season. But I feel like they have no wasted plays. Like every play design, first, second, third, even fourth down doesn't matter. It is an effective play that like is going to give you something. If the defense reads it, then they usually, you know, they throw the ball away. They only get a couple yards, and it's back to the next play. But like. You know, watching so many other NFL teams, even teams in the playoff, like the Saints, uh, you know, the Bears and like other teams like that, where it's like sometimes you just watch a play and you're like, even if that did work, like the best you're going to get is like two yards. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, the, the, the Packers efficiency, especially, especially at this, Ram- I mean, they made this Rams defense look bad. Yeah. They make them look like just a non-pack because that was the one thing everyone's like, Everyone's like, oh, well, I mean, the Rams defense, man, they're, they're really good. This could be a slug fest in the trenches. Uh, and no, it was the Packers just dominated this game. Um, you know, they let them hang around a little bit, uh, in like the third, fourth quarter, but like that was a game where it's like, it you never felt never the Rams really, yeah, you yes. never really felt the Rams had it. Even when they made that two point conversion, it's like, eh, it's still going to be an uphill, uphill climb yeah. from here. Yeah. Even though, it, yeah. Jalen Ramsey looked like a non-factor too. That would you, oh, he was getting torched. Yeah, his 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 uh his passer rating against him was over a hundred. I mean, Devontae Adams is different, man. That guy is so good because Jalen Ramsey locked down like okay, DK Metcalf. Like I don't think he's I think he's pretty overrated. So mm-hmm. locking him up was not a big deal. But he he played DeAndre Hopkins twice and locked him up pretty well. Yeah. And, and that's and universally guy, who he thinks the best receiver in the NFL, I, I would say. Like most people yeah, would say. Yeah. Yep. He was, he'd been really good this year against a lot of really – Stephon Diggs, he played a really game against Stephon Diggs. He only gave a, a single catch for four yards against Stephon Diggs. And Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, like that, that's, that was the thing, though. You're watching this team, and it's like, are you sure this is the number one ranked defense? Because, like, this is way too easy for them. And that's why, like – I mean, look, the Bucks defense is getting hot right now. They're going to have their work cut out for them next year or next week. And, yeah, Jared Goff, I don't know, man. Yeah. Not I, sure what to do there. I I fell into the trap early thinking Devontae Adams was just another one of these Packers receivers that Aaron Rodgers just makes better. Like, you saw it so much. Like, Jordy Nelson. It's like, oh, yeah. Jordy Nelson's such a great player. It's like, now Rodgers is making him look good. And then you saw him in Oakland, and it, it was a disaster. Randall Cobb, another one. Oh, Randall yeah. Cobb, great receiver. It's like, no, no, Aaron Rodgers makes these guys look good. But no, you're this is actually a truly great receiver we're looking at. And that's a scary, that's a scary team to stop. Like, I don't know. I yeah. don't see, and, and we'll get into the picks later. 
Patriots say, but I don't see how anyone's beating them right now the way they're playing. They're firing on yeah. all cylinders. And the defensive side, Jared Alexander, he might be a top cornerback in this league. He, he, yeah. He's up there. I mean, the, he was on an island all game. The pass rush got yeah. home when they needed to. The second, they're the Packers secondary. We, we have their pro, I have my problems with their run stopping defense, but they're a tough team to throw on. They got a lot of guys back there. Adrian yeah. Davis, pretty good that they stole from us. So something yeah. to and keep then- an eye on. That's the thing too, is that like, and it's universally known that the Packers defense, their run defense is their Achilles heel. It is their like outstanding. They're not very good at run defense. And yet when you're, when the Packers offense puts up 20 in the first half, it's like, what well, you don't really have the option of running the ball if it's a shootout. Yeah. So it's gotten to the point where like, I mean, the, the Rams are down. You know, by two scores, it's like, well, we're not going to just run the rock and burn some clock. Like, we, you know, we, we got to throw the ball, air the ball out. And I think that's, you know, because th- that's what everyone's saying. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the picks next week. We'll get to the picks next week and we get there. One more scary thought, too. And I mean, it worked out for him because AJ Dillon looks good. And obviously, you could argue that love really motivated Rodgers. But this offense could have a Jerry Judy. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's uh, what I was You had one of those guys with Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and Aaron Jones. I like, mean, oh, that's what Lord. I was saying. Like, they could have had in this last draft, and like, I don't hash it out too much, but in this last draft, you, you know, they could have had T. Higgins. They could have had, I mean, KJ Hamlin for the Broncos yeah. went mid second round, and he had like 800 yards this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they, if they draft one more quality receiver, I mean, that team is very scary. I mean, they could have Chase Claypool for goodness sake. Yeah. I mean, they, you know? Oh, I know. I mean, they already look scary. So, well, it'll be yet to be seen how, how they mm-hmm. do. Like, if they mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl, no one's going to be complaining. Uh, and it's never to – I mean, you look at the Bears. Like, the Packers drafted their replacement quarterback before the Bears did for Mitch Trubisky. So, like – yeah, now, that's a problem. I mean, it says a lot about the Bears, but it's never too early to start thinking about the future because the quarterback's the most yeah. important position. So I can understand why they did it. Anyway, we won't go down that road. One last thing about the playoffs I would like to get into. As a Bears fan, I swear they torture us every week. Like, there were so many reminders about our mediocre-ass football team from Cody Porky comes up, and it's like, postseason career, five for six. It's like, oh, gee, I wonder what that one miss was. It's like, oh, God. And then the Saints. I I saw I was one of the first people to notice. They ran the same damn play the Bears did against them the week prior, except the only difference was they ran it better. The guy was wide open and he scored a touchdown where our guy dropped it. It was like you gotta be <laughs> kidding me. That was frustrating. Uh, that yeah. was frustrating. We'll go. Let's yeah. talk some Deshaun Watson rumors. Uh, yeah, speaking of the w- Bears' mediocrity. Yeah, he wants to be traded. He wants out of Houston. It looks like it's unrepairable. And this stems from one, they were pretty horrible this year. They traded his best weapon, Bill O'Brien. He's a boob, um, who got hired by Alabama, by the way, which I think will work out as the offense coordinator down there. But side note, anyway. Uh, and then they <laughs> promised him he could help look for the new GM, uh, or I think it was the coach. They'd have some input there. And then they did not let him have any input. So they basically lied to him, which like I'm all for, like, I think the quarterback shouldn't have a say in like the new GM. But if you promise them that, like, you better, like, why would you promise that? That's so stupid to promise them that. So that's bad enough as it is. So now he's in the trade block. Uh, I've heard he's already receiving offers. I'll hear your thoughts in a second. I just want to dispel some this notion for these convoluted Bears fans that think we're going to get to Sean Watson. What makes you think that he's going to be happy here in Chicago? Because he was unhappy in Houston when they traded his best weapon. We're about to lose our best weapon in Allen Robinson. Like, we couldn't sign him the contract extension. I heard him on the radio the other day talking. He's as good as gone. Yeah. Allen Robinson's yeah, not gone. coming back to Chicago. You have very little cap space to work with. So he's going to be going from one bad team to another with not a whole lot of weapons there. And, oh, by the way, he's never played in cold weather, really, in his life. If you look where he grew up uh, and played college in South Carolina and then down in Houston. So he's going to come to Chicago and play in that cold weather. I don't think so. He's not going to be happy there either, especially because we're dysfunctional. If you heard that joke of a press conference they had. Yeah, that where, was brutal. Oh, my that God. One of the things that really, not to go down this whole side tangent, but they're defending Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace going like, well, we really like the way the team responded after that six-game losing streak. It's like, do you hear the glaring problem in that sentence? Six-game losing streak. Do you know how many other teams in the NFL lost six games in a row this year? 
Two besides the Bears. And it was the Jets who won only two games. And it was the Jaguars who only won one damn game this season. That's the group you're with. Six-game losing streaks. Oh, that's frustrating. So, Doug, Bears fans, don't get your hopes up for Deshaun Watson. He's not coming to Chicago. He's not going to want to come to Chicago. He's going to – that would be horrible. I mean, I would love it if yeah. he did. It would be great for us, but, like, it's not going to work out. He's not going to be happy here. He's not going to want to come here. I don't see it happening. So, I'd get rid of that notion. Yeah. Anyway, well, what are you? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, you I'll, I'll go real quick on the Bears. I think they're a dumpster fire franchise right now who have zero direction on where they're going. So, good luck with 2021, guys. Um, as for the Texans, very similar situation. And here, here's where you know the Texans are doing something wrong. Because recently, uh, January 28th, uh, 2020, they promoted Jack Easterby, right, to their executive vice president of football operations. Top dog in the, uh, you know, in the organization right now. And you look him up. This guy, this is Wikipedia. He is an American Christian pastor, speaker, author, and sports administrator who serves, who served as the New England Patriots team development slash character development coach. He's this dude is like literally a youth group pastor, and they're like, "You want to be our executive VP?" Yeah, that is not great. And I, I it's just, I, I think this goes both ways with the Texans. I've heard reports that they have reached out to him, and they have not gotten a response. But I think, I mean, you look at a lot of guys, and I think the biggest indicator of it was um, Andre Johnson. Right. And uh, both him and Arian Foster, two like really low key players. They had a really good careers, all for pretty much the Texans. Um, and they never really did like they never they don't have any huge accolades at, when it comes to like, you know, championships, going to the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't even know how far Andre uh, Johnson never gotten in, in the uh in in the playoffs, but Andre Johnson's last tweet was like a promotion tweet in like 2017, right? Yeah, and he hops on Twitter after like a three four year hiatus of being out of the NFL, and he literally the only thing he has to say is, "Yo, Deshaun Watson, you need to get out of Houston because they're going to waste your career." And then Arian Foster proceeds to quote tweet that saying, "Uh, yeah, I don't watch the NFL anymore. I don't really know what's going on." But uh, the only time uh, Andre Johnson would ever hop on Twitter is for something very dire. And that gives you all you need to know. Two random guys out of the NFL who are like, dude, get the heck out of Houston because your career is going to go down the toilet. I mean, you look at J.J. Watt. What, what, what has he got to show for his very good career of being a top-tier defensive player? I think if he stays in Houston, his career is good as, like, obviously yeah. he's still very young, but I think it's going to be squandered. I mean, he's like a top five top seven qb let the league in passing throwing to brandon cooks and randall cobb the ghost of randall cobb yeah i think he needs to go do i think it's gonna happen probably not i think we'll probably stay if i'm if, yeah, if i'm houston i'm doing everything in my power to keep him because like one you sign him to that massive deal so you, he can't go and he's not it's not like he's leaving in free agency anytime soon I'm doing everything I can to repair that relationship because no matter what you trade for him, you're not getting equal value for Deshaun Watson. You're yeah. just not. So I, if I'm them, I hire a coach. I hope they, which it's, it's really telling the fact that all these jobs are getting filled. Like the Jets job got filled. Even the Jaguars one got filled with Urban Meyer that the Eagles and the Texans still open dysfunctional organizations. That's yeah. telling me a lot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, you gotta try and repair that relationship. You start building, you start adding some pieces this offseason. Hopefully, well, I mean, it's tough because he traded a draft pick, but, uh, I, I try and add some pieces. Hopefully draft well in the late rounds and convince Deshaun, like, hey, yeah. you know, we're trying to put something together here. Please stay, I guess, because what, yes. worst that happens, worst case scenario for them as he holds out. Uh, and you know, it's then it's a, like a Le'Veon Bell situation there, which is never good, but like, you don't have to yeah. trade him and it's not, it's not the NBA. Like the player empowerment stuff, it doesn't like the the organizations yeah, really usually there, yeah. get what they want in these situations. So if I'm the Texans, I'm I'm doing what I can to hold on to them. Yeah. I'll, real quick though, currently speaking, the Broncos have five to one odds to trade for him. I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think we I don't think Drew Locke is a good enough QB replacement uh, to entice them. But like I'm telling you, I would give up my next five first round picks for this man. Oh, I'll I agree. give up. Anything like like and this is 
this is how like important it is. There's only like, I mean, like six teams in the NFL who shouldn't at least pick up the phone for this guy. It's true. I mean, unless you have, unless you have like Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, a guy who's going to give you another decade of quality football play, like, like, and that, that's what we were saying before. You have this, the, the fact that the Texans had Deshaun Watson and got the third highest draft pick, it's got to, you have to be really, really bad to be that bad. So, you know, that's, uh, I know. Yeah. When they were, and Bill O'Brien was taking him to the playoffs with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett and these horrible quarterbacks. Yeah. And then you got Deshaun Watson, like you said, and you, they clearly did something wrong along the way to where they won four games. The dirt runs deep there. Uh, Bill O'Brien's stench is still lingering around Houston yes. and that yes. football team, which is, it's unfortunate for him. But we'll see how that plays out. Because, like, yeah, there's a lot of teams interested. Even if I'm the if I'm the Dolphins, hell, I'd give them two hundred. You can take your first yeah, round exactly. pick back. Basically, swap. Yeah. Me. What a great trade that would be. That'd be like the Cubs when they, uh, you know, or a rule this chip. They traded for a rule this Chapman, and then the Yankees got the uh, prospect, and then they got a rule this Chapman back the next yeah. year. Be the same thing with them. Uh, let's go. Houston Rockets are traded James Harden. Boy, well, you heard my initial thoughts uh, last week. What, 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 what do you think of the trade? Do you think it works with the three guys there? I think that's the biggest head case in the NBA between him, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Uh, but they looked good their first game. Obviously, Kyrie wasn't there. Uh, but yeah, what, what do you, do you think it's going to work up in Brooklyn? Yes. So I had a couple thoughts from this one. Down. I'm trying to be concise with them. A. Number one, I am bewildered and shocked that James Harden is not playing for this Philadelphia 76ers. I feel like that would be a win-win for both sides. I think Ben Simmons could flourish in Houston with a bunch of good pieces around him. They would have got Matisse Thybul. They would have got a bunch of draft picks. And I think that Embiid and Harden together um, are kind of, you know, I think they would work out really well together. I think that made sense. And I, I, yeah, I thought, and I, I was, I was reading it was very close to happening, and the Rockets just didn't pick up the phone. So yeah, that was the first indication. Where I was like, oh my goodness, I, I really thought that was going to happen. I thought that made a lot more sense um, for the Nets. So this is gonna, this is gonna be very interesting. I'm super excited to see how this plays out because this is the definition of a glass cannon. I watched that game against the Magic, uh, and they're playing. It's halftime right now. They're up by one against the Bucks, fifty-seven, fifty-six, and this is a team where you have three players on the court who you give them the ball, they're going to get you a bucket. They have, they, they have, KD is debatably the best scorer in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And then you got three, I mean, top five offensive players in the league. I mean, I was watching that game. They didn't even have Kyrie Irving yet. Um, who very going to be very interesting to see what happens with him. Um, when he's back, who's playing point, et cetera, et cetera. But I think when you when you look at this team, I mean, they were like, they were like, oh my goodness, you get the you have Harden, he just passes it to KD, just dribble, dribble, step back, jumper, bang, it's cake. And then on the other side, you have the Nets, who let the lowly Magic hang around because they're not really interested in playing defense. And one thing that was really surprising to me is that in the first, I mean, it's a small sample size. What was it, like ten games before the Harden trade? They're gla- they were the worst team defensively in the paint. They were bad, and they let the Wizards beat them because they're just letting. I mean, they're letting Westbrook and Beal just drive to the rack whenever they wanted to. I mean, their their defense was not good, and then they trade away Jared Allen. Yeah, you lose that, your rim that protector made no there. Sense yeah, to me. that he was a really good piece. I mean, it, it's so it's going to be interesting because you know they always say that the the playoffs it's harder to score. Uh, they have three generational talents. And yet they're going to give up a lot of points on defense. Would I have done it if I'm the Nets? Probably not. I would have just, I think they had a really good squad going. I think they had a really good thing going with a lot of good. I mean, Curtis LeVert is no, yes. no scrub. And, uh, but B, I give it a 60% chance of working. I think they're going to make it to the finals. Um, yeah, no, super interesting. Super interesting. Yeah. I think the, the depth they had is now completely gone. And now uh, you're yes. getting a great player in James Harden, but I think even when you get when you get Kyrie back, who knows when he's coming back? I, I think it worked well with Durant and him because you know the two of them could, with no more depth, they were the only two real scoring options. 
So you know, they could, that, that worked out well. They were each able to take their turn or whatever. But when you get Kyrie back, that's going to complicate things because he's very similar to Harden where they both need the, the ball dominant. They like to dribble out the, the air out of the ball, you know, uh, and before shooting where I think Durant will fit. He can fit in seamlessly. He did it with the Warriors. Somebody has yeah. worried about him. But I think it would almost be addition by subtraction if, you know, Kyrie doesn't come back. I think they'd be better off uh, without him right now. Uh, as crazy as that sounds. But, no, I, I, I agree with you. You lose a rim protector in Jared Allen. You lose a good depth piece in Levert. Uh, I, I don't see him beating the Lakers. I still think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA. Yeah. Now, there's no excuse to why this team shouldn't go to the NBA Finals uh, with Kevin yeah. Durant. And James Harden, because you're talking, you know, easily t- two top 20 players of all time um, uh, between the two of them. Obviously, Kevin Durant is probably top 10. Uh, so there's no reason they shouldn't go to the finals. But if I'm Durant, too, like, I don't know why you'd want to do this, because you just got the reputation for having a pile-on legacy in Golden State. I kind of wanted to see yeah. what he could do in Brooklyn. I get he had the one co-star there, but, you know, that that, that hurts. And now you're relying on DeAndre Jordan as your rim protector. All right, good luck against Anthony Davis. We'll see how that works yeah. out. So. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think the Lakers are going to feast on them offensively. But, I mean, hey, Lane, like, you got three dudes, and then you throw in Joe Harris, who's underrated as a shooter. You have four guys on the court who can knock down a three any moment. They were very good offensively. I mean, like, the looks that these guys were getting just with Harden and KD – and they're, well, I'll say one game they've played so far. Um, you know, it, it was, and it, I mean, Harden, he, if you watch the game, he was trying extra, extra, extra hard to, you know, get those dishes out like John Stockton. Yeah. Like he was, he was, he was throwing a lot of really good passes. Uh, only one, you only get one chance to make a first impression, right? Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm just fascinated. I am so fascinated, but I will agree is that when KD was a free agent, I wanted him to go to the Clippers. Because I think that would have been sick. He would have been the alpha male, and they had a lot of good role players. Didn't have any teams up with Kyrie. Okay, uh, you know, you got you got two guys, um, two guys back together, and then they, and then they got a huge big three to the supervillain team. I'm like, dude, come on, man! Like, I totally agree. It's like, you know, wh- when has he ever played without two like all stars on his team who are like top tier players? Um, and another thing that I thought the Nets were going to be really really good because this squad subtracted. KD and Kyrie. I mean, last year they they got playoff basketball together mm. without the two stars. I mean, they had a lot of chemistry together, and you know they obviously didn't do anything last year. But this year, you just throw on your two stars. I was like, man, this team's got you know playoff experience. They've already gelled together. They have a lot of chemistry. Like this is gonna be really interesting. And then they kind of blew it all up for Harden. So yeah, yeah. Just well, I mean, basketball thing aside, I, I hate this about the NBA. And you know, player empowerment. Like, okay, I, you should be rooting for the players over the. Like you don't want to be going for the, like the big corporate rich guys, but in this scenario, it's it was so sad the fact that like you had a good thing going in Houston, like you were close. They gave you everything that you wanted. They pandered to you. They basically bent over. They, oh, we'll give you whatever, whatever you want. Chris Paul, you got him. Dwight Howard, you got him. Oh, you don't like Chris Paul anymore? All right, we'll bring in Westbrook. And you couldn't win. And because you couldn't win, well, I'm out. I, I give up. I'm go like he quit. He quit on his team. He the way he left was horrible. He first off he puts everyone um in the organization at risk by going out to a party with no mask. He's going to all these strip clubs or whatever. He's showing the photos of himself on the on the internet. He shows up overweight and out of shape. He blatantly does not try during some of these games, which like John Wall said it too. It's like it's pretty early to throw in the towel after ten games. Like, yeah, that's not a horrible roster there. Were they going to be an NBA champion? No, probably not. But, like, you could be competitive with some of the pieces they had down there. And I, he, I don't know. He threw his whole roster under the bus. He quit on them. I think he left Houston on a terribly sour note on a, an organization that really gave him everything that he wanted in a city that truly did love him down there. And you know, you, you know it's bad when DeMarcus Cousins, Looks like the sympathetic character in the situation. Like it, <laughs> yeah, that's true. When Boogie Cousins is like, you hear him talking, it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm on his side. It's like, you know, this, you, you're probably on the wrong side of that argument. So I, yeah. that, it, that, I thought the whole thing was disgusting. You know, yeah, I, I didn't like no. how it all went down, but it is what it is. That's what the NBA is these days. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that 
obviously, I mean, there's just so many head scratching moves where you're like, you know, wow, is this really necessary? I mean, Russell Westbrook brought, was averaging 27 a game last year before he hurt his quad and got COVID and then had to go to the bubble without any practice. And he didn't look good, obviously. I mean, and then they ship him off for John Wall, and it's like, uh, all right, we haven't seen John Wall play in two years. This will be interesting. And then, like, I mean, that, that's that's the worst thing, too, is John Wall and Boogie Cousins rehab their asses off for a whole year of some major injuries, and then their guy quits. I mean, if you tell Boogie Cousins before he signed with the Rockets, by the way, Harden is going to, like, force his way out and basically say that you guys will never win a championship. Mm-hmm. Are you still going to sign with them? Absolutely not. I mean, he could have gone pretty much anywhere for a year. Um, like, I just, I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, though, the Houston Rockets deserve this. They gave the keys to James Harden. Yep. They let him have more power than LeBron James did in L.A., Cleveland, or wherever. I mean, they, they handed the keys to the quarterback over, and the spoiled little brat crashed it. It's like, you, sometimes you just can't let your players run an organization like this because you're going to be making moves to, you know, you know, one year you're going to be making moves like you're trying to win an NBA championship. And then next year you're acquiring draft picks because your player wants out. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just unfortunate. I mean, if you're in the West, I mean, you know, Oladipo goes to Houston. Like, and that's, that's another, that's another thing too about Oladipo. That dude did not want to play in Indiana, Indiana. Like he wanted out from the Pacers and he made it pretty clear and he's still playing hard. Yeah. He's still trying, you know, he's still trying to win games. He's still playing, playing in the bubble. I mean, yeah, it was just. I mean, I've, I vouched for Harden. I think he gets a lot of disrespect, uh, based on his style of play, but like, there's nothing left to defend from him anymore. No. It's, 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 it's pretty unfortunate. Well, and now, especially that last season, when he wanted to get rid of Chris Paul, like, Chris Paul is the only, if you, really, when you look at it now, too, when he got hurt and he missed game seven, like, it all unraveled there. He was the, the glue holding that together. And then they didn't get along, so he ships him out. And even Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, I mean, I've given him my, my fair share of like criticism, but he looked, you read that, read that article that came out about him. He looked like the sympathetic character there. He's like, why isn't he showing up to practice on time? Why can't we start the film thing on time? He's holding up buses and stuff. No, that's right. You give the keys over to the organization to someone like that, uh, that's acting that way, then yeah, why wouldn't he feel empowered? What last note too, you got Steven Silas, who's just hired as a head coach. One of the few black coaches in the NBA who gets a chance to coach, and you're already putting him at a disadvantage when, like, everyone agrees that, you know, there needs to be more diversity in the head coaching ranks. Well, you finally got one, and you're not going to show up at training camp and put him at an immediate disadvantage off the bat, setting him up for failure. So, you know, congratulations there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the thing with Harden. Like, look, he can win a ring, ring this year. I, he can win a ring next year. He can go back to back to back for all I care. But, like, I don't know. I feel like his reputation's tainted. I mean, I, I'm sure he doesn't give a rat's ass what the two 21-year-olds with a podcast thinks. But, like, the NBA's, like, eyes is, like, I mean, in the, you know, they always say it's like a fraternity of players. It's like, dude, like. No one's yeah. really going to give you that love anymore. Not, yeah, like, not it's all over. rings are created. And what we've come in is the, the society of basketball fans that we put so much emphasis on rings. Like, how many rings do you have? Oh, Jordan had more rings than you, blah, blah, blah. But, like, not all rings are created equal. Like, LeBron James, as much as we, I love him, like, he tarnished his reputation. It's always going to, people always look at him different that he joined the big three down in Miami. So, and same with Kevin Durant. Like, oh, you joined the yeah. Warriors. Like no one like winning those rings like not not you're not looking at those rings as equal to where like a LeBron comes back from the three one in Cleveland like it's just not, they're not they're not created equally so if he wins a ring with the Nets and this pylon team this all star squad whatever you want to call it like is everyone is anyone yeah. be like oh well, you know what now that he has that ring on that pylon team now he's the greatest of all time in our mind or he's moving up in our respect like no that's not how. It, that's not how it's going to work. You're not doing your legacy any any favors. Um, yeah. Well, we'll move on to we'll, we'll get let's get to our predictions. Last week went uh, let's see three and one. The only one I missed was the Ravens. The Ravens killed me. We had the Bucks right, we had the Packers right, and we had the Chiefs right. We even said the Chiefs were going to cover the ten or the Browns were going to cover the ten point spread. So a little double bonus there. I believe you were two you and two. Yeah, I'm I was correct. two and two. Drew Brees' noodle arm and R- Lamar Jackson's lack of a brain uh, <laughs> definitely hurt my chances. Um, but uh, 
I even I even said the Rams game was going to be close, which it wasn't. And I said the Chiefs game wasn't going to be close. I will say if Pat Mahomes doesn't go down, I would have been right on the Chiefs. But I was kind of like over yeah. four of my predictions, to be quite honest. Well, the Ravens one was a good prediction. I mean, I missed yeah, that yeah, one too. Yeah. I think the Ravens are a better team. We'll go into this week. Two for the quarterbacks. This is the best Final Four of quarterbacks I can remember. Like oh, as far yeah. as going back, it's like wow. You, every I was going through every possible Super Bowl combination, and all of them was like, oh. This would be a great Super that would Bowl. Been fun, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I I hope Patrick Mahomes can play. Let's do Chiefs Bills to start. Uh, I'm getting, I'm taking the I'm taking the Chiefs. It should be close, but the Bills defensively, I just don't think they have enough there. They're gonna be playing away from home for the first time, which I think really gave them a lot of extra juice in these two yeah. games. And don't get me wrong. The Bills have beaten two impressive. Like the, the Colts are as good of a seven seed as you're ever going to see in the NFL. That's a really good roster, and they beat a good yes, team there. Yes. The Ravens, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. That's an impressive win. But I just think if it gets to a shootout with Patrick Mahomes, which I think it will, like, are you really going to win that shootout? I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Andy Reid is I'm given a slight head coaching advantage. Nothing against Sean McDermott, but I think the Bills might be one year away. Uh, and awfully, it sure feels, it's tough picking against the Bills. I hate doing it. I like them, but I'm, I'm leaning Chiefs in that one. What do you think? You know, it's, I think this whole Mahomes concussion thing is like obviously a huge one. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, the Chiefs will win or lose on, you know, Thursday afternoon if can, if Mahomes can do an eighth grade math test or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree in all that assessment. I think it is going to be a shootout. Um, I think the Bills have played two really good defenses in the past two weeks and have not looked like super great. Uh, I mean, they did, put, they did, they looked pretty good against the Colts defense. They didn't look very good offensively against the Ravens defense. But I will say, I think it is going to be a breath of fresh air for the Bills playing what I believe to be not that great of a defense. Um, I think it's going to be a track meet, but I still got the Chiefs. I mean, like, Mahomes is so good, dude. It's insane. Yeah. He's so good. Now, here is the thing, though. Here is the thing, though. Chiefs, horrendous in the red zone. Bills, the best team in the NFL red zone offensively. That and that's the way you beat the Chiefs. If they beat the Chiefs, I mean, they don't have a ton of running game. Um, but it, the, the, the control the clock and turn you got to turn your threes into sevens and you got to turn their sevens into threes, yeah. which I think the latter two are possible, um, but like the Bills got, they have to make sure, they have to make sure, and I'm sure Sean McDermott is a smarter man than I when it comes to coaching football, um, so he, he, he'll, he'll be all right. But like, you can't let it, like, even if you score a touchdown, if you have like a three-minute drive, you're going to lose the game. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not controlling the clock and like getting these, you know, these long drives, like the Chiefs, they can th- they can run the ball zero times on a drive, but still have it last six minutes long, because they just had these like just die by a thousand cuts kind of thing. Uh, but I, I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't know what the spread is, but I believe it's that they're over, both like, three. That one I believe is three, and the other one's three and a half. So they're both. I'm supposed taking to Chiefs to cover to that one. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think that one's. Yeah, that one's three. Yeah, that it'll be close. And that's the other thing too. The Bills don't run the ball, and I guess that's like the yeah. game plan. That's how they got there, but. When you're that one-dimensional, like at least the Browns, you could at least they had the play actions, and you could bite on a play action because you have that threat where you're going to run it, where the Bills don't really scare you running the ball at yeah. all. So you just kind of got to put your foot in the ground and tee off on Josh Allen get some pressure on him. I, I, that's a tough one to predict spread-wise. I ain't even touching it because I do think the Bills are going to keep it close, and it is going to come yeah. down to can Patrick Mahomes pass the concussion protocol, but I have a feeling... <laughs> They're going to speed him through there. That's the other thing about Patrick Mahomes, too, that was so impressive that last game. He was playing on, like, one foot half of that second quarter, hobbling around out there, and he's still scrambling for first downs, firing it. Like The schemes they had, there were so many times where, like, how is this guy this wide open? Like, Kelsey's wide so I don't see the Bills. I will say, though, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, a little speed option with Mahomes, you need to scrap that play. You need to scrap that play. Well, I know he can do it, and it can be effective, but I am not worth. It's not worth it. And if you look at the Bills' losses this year, 
The one, obviously, came down to the Hal Mary, so you can't hold that one too much against them. But they lost to the Titans, who are averaging 30 points a game. Very explosive offense. They lost to the uh, Cardinals, who very explosive once again. And what was their last loss to? The Chiefs, the Chiefs. I believe. Uh, yeah, there, so there you go. Yes, yes, it was to the Chiefs. So, they, so the yeah. three explosive no, offense, will- they had a hard time slowing down. I will say, um, you know, maybe maybe this is, you know, causation, not correlation, but uh, there was like a five-game span where, like, Josh Allen, like, really wasn't that good. And uh, the Chiefs caught him in that span. So I don't hold that loss against them. No, they're going to be um, facing a better Bills yeah. team here. That That is yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, still taking the Chiefs. Still taking the Chiefs. Andy Reid. Man, that that dude, that dude gets all the credit he deserves because that man, that man is a phenomenal head coach. And the Eagles let him go, and look at him now. Uh, uh well, they got a ring out of it at least. Uh, Buccaneers yeah, and the Green Bay Packers. This one, I am pretty. Con- I, it's hard to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Um, uh, but I'm go. Oh, looks like uh, Marshall got cut off here. Let's see. There we go. Now he's back. All right. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's hard to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs, but I think this one's fairly easy, despite the fact the Bucks waxed the Packers earlier. Uh, I'm taking the Packers. I don't think it'll be all that close. Rodgers can throw the ball downfield. Their offensive line dominated the line of scrimmage against a the number one defense in the Rams. And while the 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 Bucks are good. They lost Vita Veda. I don't see him controlling the line of scrimmage. And the only reason Vita they Vita won... is actually back this week. Surprisingly. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, okay. they are designating him off the IR as of like a couple hours ago. So yeah, that is that no. helps. That'll help. Well, that that's what it's going to come down to. Can the Dominican Sue, Vita Veda, the guys up front, can they slow down the run for the Packers? Because if the Packers can run the ball, this game is going to be a blowout. Because you know Rodgers yeah. is going to be able to do what he wants, and if they, especially if they can't get any shred of a pass rush up in that cold weather, I think the secondary is good enough where they can neutralize the Buccaneers' weapons. Uh, so I, I think the Packers—that's a team right now. They don't look like they have a whole lot of weaknesses, and I also take Matt Lafleur over uh, Bruce Arians right now, coaching-wise yeah. too. So I think they have the advantage in almost every aspect. It's going to be cold up there. Uh, good luck to the Buccaneers. Yeah. I think. Well- and plus two, the way you beat the the way the the way they beat the Saints is they won the turnover battle. Do you see Tom, Aaron Rodgers turning it over four times or however many times it's going to be? No, I yeah. don't see it. So I'm taking yeah. Packers. Well, it's interesting you say that they have no weaknesses because of the four remaining teams in the playoffs. The Packers have the best pro football focus grade in overall offense, passing, pass blocking, running, run blocking, and coverage grade. They had the second best. Uh, defense and second best run defense against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, like I, I agree. I'm, I mean, it's you know, it's Tom Brady. They just beat the Saints, but I think honestly, after watching that Saints game, I think you know the Saints play the like the Colts or someone. Any no offense, but anyone other than the Bears, uh, I think they could have gotten bounced in the first round. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I'm just – it's Aaron Rodgers, man. I mean, the dude's in the MVP. The dude's playing out of his mind crazy football. And it's like – I feel like that was the nail in the coffin. That was the, the the last week when they play the best defense in the NFL. That is the week where it's like, you know, maybe maybe they could get their rhythm upset and maybe they get a couple turnovers and all – but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I mean, they, they, they steamrolled the Rams defense, and I think that the Rams are but better than the Buccaneers defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, if the Packers get like over four and a half yards of carry, this game's a wrap. This game is over. Um, I also think the Packers are so scary too, because like in the first or second quarter, you're down by seven trading touchdowns. It's like, if you get, if you get stopped and you give the ball back, like it kind of feels like, oh my goodness, this game could be out of our hands pretty soon. Like they're that good offensively right now. Um, I'm taking the Packers. I think they could. I think there's a good chance they'll win convincingly. I think so too. I if I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if I win the coin toss, I'm taking the ball first, and I'm because you don't want to go down early to Aaron Rodgers seven nothing where you're forced to throw the ball, and it's kind of like the, what we were talking about earlier with the Browns. Like you have to be able to run the football against them, uh, and you know I thought the Titans would be able to do that. 
they could not, so I don't have a whole lot of confidence. The Buccaneers will. That one, if I if I was to bet either one of these two games, I'm taking Packers minus three and a half. Easy. I think that yeah. one there, I think they will win that one. But you know what? It's tough against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, it's tough against the playoffs. Because he knows how to win. So and Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest, it's not like he's had his, you know, the conference title championship games. It's not like he's been good these past couple of years, but I think this year is different. I think this is their team. I yeah, I just yeah. don't see him losing. Yeah, I agree. That just about does it uh, for this week's episode. Is there anything else we missed? Any, anything important that we need to add? Do you feel like? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I will say I I, I agree though. I think this is probably this is probably the best. Two games slate we've had in a very long time when it comes to AFC NFC championships. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, I, I agree. I will be rooting like hell for the Bucks to beat the Packers for obvious reasons. Blaine Gabbert. Likewise, Bills up. against the Chiefs. So <laughs> yes. Uh... yes, Bills Mafia, baby. Yeah, it stinks that I the two games I pick. I guess we both pick. Like I, I don't want either of my predictions to come. If I go zero for two on my picks this week, I will be very, very happy. Um. Yeah, but that's all we have for you on the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. Keep an eye out. We just booked a very cool guest. I think you guys are going to like. It's one of the, I guess, the highest profile guests we've ever had on the podcast. So that'll be either dropping either this coming week or the next couple weeks. Keep an eye out on the uh, Twitter for that uh, because I think you you guys will enjoy that one. Um, Oh, quick side note. I got to do quick ad reads here. Get Fubo TV if you have not already. Seven day free trial. Uh, you got over a hundred something channels. You can watch live sports on there. We've got a link on the Twitter. If you go to our Twitter page underneath the bio, there's going to be a thing for the links. You click the link and it'll be a link tree. So you can either go to our website from there and then we have the promo for Fubo TV on there. Make sure you click that and also go to Fanatics. You can get a new Tom Brady on the Bucks jersey with Fanatics. <laughs> Same thing. Get the link or get a Bills Mafia one. Whoever wins, I don't care. Take your betting winnings you get from free money. Buy a jersey from Fanatics. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of your week.